Well, good morning and welcome to Grace. I'm Pastor Ryan. Well, today I'm out of the pulpit due to sickness, and we will hear from one of our leaders, Phil Ketela, instead. Uh, Phil is going to lead us through a message that highlights the design of God to strengthen our faith, even through the testing of the wilderness. Thanks for joining us as we're going to hear from God's Word and from Phil's own experiences about the faithfulness of God through the midst of trials. Thank you all. Um, yeah, we were, we were trying to call 1-800-RENT-A-PASTOR, but the line was busy, so I got the short stick there. But no, it's, it's a pleasure always to come and speak with you, uh, with all you people. It's, uh, it's a joy, really. Uh, the way this all started, a guy doesn't have time to get nervous because it was less than 48 hours ago when, when, uh, when I got the call. But uh, let us uh, open in prayer, please. Oh, Heavenly Father, how faithful and gracious you are to us. We thank you so much for your leading and guidance in our lives, Lord. Um, so many things that go on in our lives that we uh, don't have answers for. and We just uh, feel we're at an end and we, we, we know that we can turn to you, Lord. We, I pray that we would turn to you even, even in uh, the times, tough times. And, those tough times bring us uh, to, the, to the top, just like uh, uh, gold where we find, and we're just uh, so thankful, Heavenly Father, that you care for us as you do. I ask that you'd be with uh, all those that are not with us today, and uh, that your, uh, your word would guide us always, no matter who is speaking it, that as we search in your word, uh, you guide us and, and comfort us and bring us all that we need for this life and the life to come. We pray this all in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. So, yeah. Um, it was uh, 20 after 1 on Friday, and I got a text from Pastor Ryan asking if I was working today. And I texted him back and said no. So it was within seconds I got a phone call. It was him. And he asked if I... Uh, would want to uh, fill in for him for giving a message today because he had COVID and he felt like a, a bus had hit him. He was pretty pretty knocked out. Um, so, uh, you know, that was 48 hours and I said, well, uh, sure, you know, what are you going to tell a guy that isn't uh, feeling good? You know, he's in tough shape, he's sick. So, uh, Right away, the flesh in me was getting nervous. You know, it's getting not very confident. Um, then uh, something else changed, and I started getting a little more confident. And my feelings of insecurity waned, and I felt a peace about me that God was uh, going to take care of me and help me uh, give the word to his people. And uh, I felt more sure and confident of uh, what God was doing. So sure enough, you know, I kept working at it. And <laughs> I mean, come on, this is my, my fourth time of, uh, you know, speaking at, at the church. And um, I had done some Bible studies and I had uh, spoken at our churches and different lectures and times and, uh, and even done a couple funerals and a wedding. So uh, 
you know, I'm an elder in training. <laughs> Presently working and doing all that, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's strengthening us and uh, us guys and God's word is working with us and it's just something else that, uh, you know, as you keep going, you're, uh, you're going to get better at and you're going to get a little more confident and stronger at and everything else. So, that's our exercise so far. <laughs> well, I do have to say that the elder training, uh, I did have a moment there of thinking, you know, this wasn't going to work out. And I had to ask the guys, told the guys I was going to get out of it. And uh, it didn't take long for the Holy Spirit to come upon me and realize he had, he had a lot of work for me. And it was, uh, it was a work for all of us guys. And they graciously allowed me back in, and they said, well, actually, you had never left, even though it was only a matter of days. So uh, I'm telling you all this just to let you know that we do grow in our faith and trust in God as we exercise what he says. As in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, we walk by faith and not by sight, or we live by faith and not what this world says is right. We need to trust God and not the things of this world. Because this world will try to tell us what is right and what is wrong. But as a, a, a guy, I watched the Grit Channel, good old Western movies, and uh, a guy said on there once, and it just caught my, caught my attention, that something that is morally wrong can never be deemed legally right. And I just caught my eye, and I just thought of this world and how true that is even probably more true today than ever. So as the Spirit was guiding me on what to speak on today, I knew how much I liked Pastor Ryan's message from last week and how maybe I could expand and piggyback on some of his application because I always, I like all his in-depth and Greek words and all that stuff is good, but then when he gets to the part of applying it to your life, that's where I'm really paying attention to Ryan. So if you're watching, uh, you know, excuse me for that. So I thought, how can I expand on his application part of how do I have a living faith? So let's first briefly go over what Ryan's, some of his message was from last week. And I don't know, I know some of you guys have his paper from, from last week you carry with you a lot. So uh, you might even be able to use that now to just reference in Ryan's conclusions from Habakkuk 2, 4 through 5, where the Lord is answering Habakkuk's questions of how come evil seems to be winning? How does it, why does it seem like it's prevailing? He saw, or we saw that the wicked are not going to prevail. They will eat themselves to death. Remember? They're going to get all puffed up from their consumption because they're never satisfied. They're always taking in more and more. Greedy. The evil in their life is their punishment. And in contrast to the evil, Ryan highlighted the part in verse 4 where it says, but the righteous will live by his faith. How true that is. He showed us in three different steps of a living faith what it's like. The first one was this righteousness that it speaks of is from God and not from us, which is his justification. His justification, as he 
showed us in Philippians 3, verses 8 and 9. And his second part was this living faith is the evidence of adoption through the Spirit. And he showed us that in Galatians 3, verses 11 through 14. And the last part he showed of the three was because we have such a great example of those who went before us and lived a life of faith, we can persevere as we walk by faith and wait for Jesus' return. And he showed us that in Hebrews 10, 35 through 39, and also Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. I might have answered him pretty quick, so if you got any questions on that afterwards, you can come up and ask me in those scriptures. So let's go to today's text that I chose in Habakkuk 3, verses 17 and 18, and actually uh, the beginning of part 19 even. It just really seems to hit home. So Habakkuk 3, verse 17, 18, and beginning of 19. Habakkuk, this is his prayer, part of his prayer at the end of it. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, Though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce, produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. Habakkuk knows from God's answer to his question of why does it seem that evil ones are winning, that in the end they will not prevail. As Christians, we have times of no buds on our fig tree. Or to put it another way, we may be at a dead end to a dilemma we are facing. We may be at the end of our rope and not knowing where to turn next. There's no way out, no answer to our questions. So what are we to do? Verse 18 in the first part of 19 tells us, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. That song that we sang earlier, Blessed Be Your Name, it's uh, so appropriate. and um, Grace had actually was thinking about picking that song, and then when she found out the text I was going to give, or had uh, given her on Habakkuk here, they're just were so appropriate and blended together. You know, the Spirit was working through us all for those songs to be picked. And the song says that when I'm in, when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness, when the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will bless. I will say, "Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name." Tough to do, but as I was showing you earlier, he's faithful and true, and as we continue working our faith, he'll get us through as we trust and believe in our one true God. So I like Ryan's applications of how do I live, how do I have a living faith, or as I might say, how do we live out a life of faith? His first application was a living faith begins with a trust and confidence in God's promises 
And how many times have we seen in the Bible God's promises fulfilled? Abraham being told that he was having a child at the ripe old age of 100. Pretty absurd, pretty, pretty crazy. The Israelites promise after, what was it, 400 some years of slavery, captivity, that they'd be taken out of Egypt and given a land of milk and honey. And that came true. And what about the promise of God sending Messiah to save his people and how he did that in Jesus? How about you? God said that he would never leave us or forsake us. Ever been in a tight spot where it seemed like a dead end? And you cried out for God's help? And he did. I've, uh, since I, God came into my life almost 15 years ago here, I started a blessing journal. So for every day for almost the last 15 years, it'll be March here. I've written in a blessing journal. And back in uh, 13, 2013, I was diagnosed with uh, Lyme. And uh, I just, if, if you bear with me, I'd like to read a little uh, piece I wrote in uh, 2014. It was, it was a tough year. And on November 29th, I wrote in a journal, Thank you, most heaven, thank you, most loving Heavenly Father, for your watching over me early this morning. I woke up at about 5 a.m. and started to get dizzy, more so than ever before. It was a spinning that I haven't had before, and just such intense uneasiness and a sensation of direness I can't explain. I was sweating profusely, and I just slid myself off the bed onto the floor, kneeling at the bed because I was jerking so much trying to sit upright. How I prayed to you, Almighty God, to help me. Help me through this time. And you did. You were there with me. It lasted longer than any time before, plus more intense than ever. Show me, then strengthen me to do what I must do, Lord. Thank you, dear, dear Jesus, for coming into my life. So I'm sure we've all got different episodes and times like that where we can, uh, we can relate. The second application that Ryan had was a living faith is evidenced in your behavior, character, and confession as contrasted with the wicked. And I'd like to kind of piggyback that also with uh, his third application because they just they go hand in hand. His third one was a living faith believes, believes even in the face of the impossible, absurd and confusing. I just love how those two work together. And as we heard in our Old Testament reading, Job believed even in the face of the absurd. I think we all know his story of all that he had lost. And yet, as we heard, Job believed in his Redeemer, who was going to be coming 2,000 years later, roughly. He believed that Jesus was going to come to this earth and that he's going to, he was going to see him and his heart yearned for him. Or in the New Testament reading where the Roman uh, centurion, a Gentile, who came to Jesus asking him for help. Now this is a Roman coming to a Jew, Jesus. That's absurd. 
unheard of. This man's humbleness and faith astonished Jesus when he heard it. And even though Jesus knew this was going to happen before, he, he was telling his disciples and others that had been following him for probably a couple of years, he told them, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Pretty amazing there. And I think one of the, there's, there's a lot of uh, different stories in the Bible, but uh, if you'd bear with me still some more, if we could go to Second Chronicles chapter 20 and read there the story of the Israelites at the end of what seemed an impossible task. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, it's about Jehoshaphat. And starting at the first verse, after this, the Moabites and Ammonites with some of the Munites came to make war on Jehoshaphat. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the sea. It is already in Hazazan Tamar, that is En Gedi. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in the front of the new courtyard and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. O our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it, to forever, gave it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary Sanctuary, there we go again, huh? that song. A sanctuary for your name, saying, If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. But now here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See now how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. O our God, will you not judge them? For we, for we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our, but our eyes are upon you. All the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benah, the son of Jehul, the son of Mataniah, a Levite and descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. He said, Listen, King Jehos Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. 
I gotta repeat that. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeru. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. God was with them. And if we continue reading, he took, uh, well, let's read verse 20 there. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. And as they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. As they began to sing in praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The men of Ammon and Moab rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. Pretty amazing when we rely on God when everything else looks like it's right at the end. Just in the time since Ryan asked me to speak for him today, I've heard so many stories of Christian brothers and sisters just in the last 48 hours, less than that. Stories of Christian brothers and sisters leaning on Jesus and on God no matter what the world throws at them. I've heard as we pray in faith for our unsaved loved ones to believe in Jesus before they leave this earth and seeing them come to faith because of their prayers in Jesus, they came to faith. Or someone who thought they had sold their property once, but it fell through, so they tried again. And it was on the verge of selling again. And guess what? It fell through again. Yet, still, they're relying on God for his perfect outcome in this battle that is not theirs but the Lord's. Or the stories I heard at our men's prayer breakfast yesterday of men staying faithful for their family, even though they don't know how things will turn out due to a cancer in the family, a granddaughter's seizures, someone's heart issues or family relationships. In all these situations for these men, there was no shrinking back, but only staying faithful that God is in control and he has this battle. It's not ours. They were all thankful for God's hand in their lives and that he has their back no matter what. Like I mentioned, I'm sure everyone has a story to tell about God being right there with them in the battle, <clears throat> right there in the valley in the shadow of death. We don't know where to go and our minds are a mess, yet we remember our passage, whatever your passage might be that you hold on to. Isaiah 41.10 is a good one. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. 
I will strengthen you and uphold you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The last step of application that Ryan gave us was a living faith is a life of worship. Worship. Daily we give thanks and praise for all he has done in our lives, both good and tough times. Always, always, no matter what, God's in charge. And I'm impressed with uh, Job again. I, I just love that book, but Job, what he, uh, what he said, remember, in chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. That's, that's worship. That's worshiping God. So in conclusion, let me say, don't ever give up. Security in this world, remember, it's not our distance from danger or from troubles, but security is our nearness to God. Remember, always remember what Jesus did for us even while we were still sinners. He died for us. He gave us the right standing with God. So whatever you may be going through, hear the words of Isaiah in chapter 64, verse 4. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. And even like Mary and Martha, as they waited on Jesus to rescue their brother, their brother Lazarus from death, and it seemed like it was too late, we can be assured he's working in our best interest. Or also in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus teaches us that God desires to take care of us because just as an earthly father, he will not give his son a stone when he asks for bread. He will not give him a snake when he asks for fish. So even though we're evil, yet know how to good give, yet know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more, how much more will our Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Remember, our God is faithful as we trust him, as we lean on him, as we go to him always. He's, he's with us always. And it does matter. And I'd like to quote a good friend of mine, but just change it up a little bit. IDM. It does matter. <laughs> Thank you all. God bless you.